Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Once you dive in, don't be afraid of the hard work. There's a lot of hard work. Initially, you will be just pushing this big boulder up the mountain. And you won't see any movement, but you keep pushing, keep pushing, pushing, and you'll have the breakthrough. And then it's all downhill from there after you reach that point. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guests, Vikram Brar and Princey Gill. They are joining us from San Francisco, California. Vikram and Princey are co-founders of Wahi Capital. Their portfolio consists of 517 units and over $50 million of assets under management. Vikram and Princey have also vertically integrated their organization to include multifamily acquisition, in-house management, and asset development. Vikram Princey, how are you guys today? Great. How are you doing? Thank you for Very having well. us on the show. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for joining us. Before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. And just before we start, since we last spoke, a few things have changed. We have currently over 700 units and our portfolio size is over $100 million. So things are progressing well, as you can see. So overall, a little bit of background. I was born and brought up in India. My father was in the army, so we raised in a great disciplined household where we knew we had to do our chores and get our work. And it was just ingrained in us, right? You just got to do it. So we can say a lot of motivation was built in. So from there, I came to US for my master's. I'm an industrial engineer. And then I worked in the automotive sector, did a stint in big three at that time, big three management consulting firms. And then after that, I spent about 12 years in the startup world in the Silicon Valley. And Princey actually brought me to Silicon Valley. And then we pivoted into multifamily a few years back in 2017. And then I rolled into it last year, April. We were trying to do my full-time job and run multifamily at the same time, a vertically integrated business. As you can see, it was pretty taxing. However, Princey helped quite a bit along the way. Yeah, I still remember the day when I had to quit my job at the Valley, I was in a meeting, I was getting rolled to a project where we had to travel again to Korea and things. And I called Vikram, he was supposed to quit. And he went for a lunch with his boss and his boss didn't let him quit. And then he calls me, he's like, you got to do it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I went to my lead and told her what it was and what we were passionate about. And she was very supportive. And she said, if things don't work out, come back. And I said, I'll make sure they work out for us. That was when it all started. 
full-fledged for us from becoming, as everybody starts as a passive investor to becoming a full-time vertically integrated company, we knew what company, what we were building and what it took to make sure that it was successful for our investors, for our employees, and for us. Princey, I love what you said. I remember the day that I had to quit. It wasn't an option. You had to quit. I had to quit, yes. How many years prior were you guys investing in real estate? Well, like everybody else, we started with single family back in 2013 and we did our maths and very soon we realized that it was a long shot for us to where we wanted to be when it comes to our financial freedom. And from there, Vikram found multifamily. That's also a story. Things have led us here through various things that have happened to us for good. So we went to the woods, right? And then we were like, this is not happening. Vikram is like, I need a clearer mind. And then we went to Big Sur and, and that's where he found Bigger Pocket and he found multifamily and, and he informed me about it. And, and then, yeah. And then we did the math. We're like, hey, this is finally making sense. This is what people keep talking about, that real estate is the vehicle for wealth generation. And I'm like, single family doesn't seem like, although there are different strategies that we know now. However, at that time, we were like, okay, buying this one at a time is very difficult to scale versus multifamily. Vikram, we covered a lot of your rise in the previous interview, which wasn't that long ago, but I want to focus on how you went from 50 million to 100 million in just a very short time. Since 2017, we've been focused in Tucson market. So 500 off units were over in Tucson market. And then last year we started to look, I believe we might've touched upon it last time. Phoenix was very close to us. Phoenix has great growth. We have figured out the business. We have established it. We know exactly what we need to do. And it's time for the new market. And Phoenix for us was very, very close. It was a Phoenix MSA is just like a sister city where we can run operations from essentially a lot from our Tucson warehouse. So we went in, we looked at the properties, very competitive in Phoenix. Um, and we started focusing this year, March. And in May, we had our first property under contract in Mesa. So with that deal, that was our largest deal so far. And it's essentially, that is what took us over that 100 million mark. And of course, like our current portfolios, which we had bought, and then there was another property that we had bought last year, which was really purchased at 2017 prices in 2020. And that was through a relationship buy. And once we get their project plans implemented, that really boosted up that property as well. It was 176 units. So on a larger property, when you can increase that NOI by that much, it's a big pop. So those are the two biggest drivers, I would say, in the recent history that has led to our portfolio size increasing by much. Can we deep dive into the Phoenix numbers? Sure, absolutely. How many units was that? It's 196 units. And what was the purchase price? It was $39 million with a $3 million renovation budget. And how much money did you raise on that? It's a little under $10 million. And what type of financing was applied to this? We did a bridge debt, a 311. We were introduced to TPG through a broker, which we have worked with since 2019, essentially. And it was and a great can, relationship. Yeah. Can you explain that bridge debt in detail? Sure. So it was an 80% LTV in the sense they came in and they gave us 80% upfront for the purchase price. And then the $3.4 million is in the renovation budget, which covers the exterior and the interior renovation. So we got a floating rate, in which we had to buy a rate cap for, which means like it can only go up so much. And this is something that we hedge against the future, which everybody's talking about, the interest rates rising. And so we have kind of protected ourselves through the rate cap purchase. And this gets us into a three-year loan term, which is interest only. And then after that, we have the option to extend for one year plus one year, as long as we are meeting a specific coverage ratio calculation. 
And do you have to pay for that extension? There's a small point. It's a 0.5. I think they take it on the back end. Of okay. Yeah. So we got a very good deal on that particular loan. And what is the value add proposition on this property? So this property has been in the same ownership, one of the largest ownerships in, in Phoenix. And I think they had enough fund. So they had time for exit. They had done their project plan was complete. They had gotten their investors more than what they had promised. And I think it was uh, from that perspective, they exited out when the loan was up. So for us, we took an asset that was lightly upgraded. However, as Wahi Capital, we invest in really heavier remodel. We do very eco-friendly upgrades. We do brand new kitchen cabinets, quartz countertops, 100% waterproof flooring, low VOC paints. So for us, there is a market for that premium product. And already what we saw is when we came in to the market, Phoenix market has amazing population growth. It has amazing job growth. I think it has the highest job growth until 2029. And what we are seeing is the rents are growing at a much faster clip. What we had underwritten for renovated product, partially and fully, we are able to get those up through our processes that we have honed over the years in Tucson market. And essentially that's a value add prop is exterior renovation and then interior. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. I want to circle back to that 311. The three years is interest only. Are the additional two years interest only as well? Correct. And is your hold period five years or less? It'll be simulated for both three years and five years, yes. But you don't plan on holding it past five years? Not at this moment, given the current economic conditions now. Yeah. If this was not an interest only loan, would it have made sense? It always, it always makes sense on what's happening in the market, right? There are some factors. We are all doing performa. We are all doing forecasts. However, market does what market does, right? There's a forecast and then there's what is actually happening. So, so this is something that we continue to evaluate on our properties. The initial properties that we had discussed, and then Princey brings in a lot of that accounting rigor to that whole thing. She looks at it and says, okay, what are we looking at? What are the returns we're looking at? What are we looking at from an investor perspective? Are we able to give them the velocity of the return and go invest in another deal? So these things are constantly being evaluated. We had a property that we were not planning to sell that was earlier on in our portfolio. However, 2020 changed things. Like 2020 even changed them for the more. And maybe Princey can speak a little bit more about it. 
Which one are you talking about? Blueprints? Yeah. Yeah. So what we do as a company is because we do property management in-house, we have so many knobs and buttons that we can turn on, right, on a monthly basis. So we are very, very close to our accounting. We look at our books and we look at our NOIs on a monthly basis, like everybody else should do. And then based on those, we make our decisions. Three months, what is it that we are doing? Six months, what is it that we are doing? For one of our properties, yes, it still has that twenty, thirty thousand dollars of income left on the table. But at the same time, looking at the market condition, looking at from where we started to where we have already bought it on, we feel is the right time to sell because we want to leave something on the table for the next buyer as well. At the same time, it is also in that the year of the asset is something that we are also looking to exit, right? As we are growing as a company, we are looking at our portfolio and looking at the 1960s assets, right? And we feel we have done enough renovation on that community and it's for time for us to go for a sale in the market with that. Princey, what is your role with the company? The way me and Vikram work is every year we define our roles because we want to make sure that we have very clear lines of what he's doing versus what I'm doing. So last year, I was handling a lot on the construction side, design and all of that stuff, which the design element, I still keep it to myself. But since mid last year to this year, I've been heavily involved in property management side of business and accounting. So that's what I do is the day-to-day operations versus Vikram is involved in acquisitions and Vikram is involved in construction management. And Vikram, did you come to a point where you had to quit your job as well? Or are you still working? Yeah, no, no. I had to quit my job when Princey had to quit back in 2019. However, I was working at a startup, as I'd mentioned. So startups are like they're dependent on, you know, the core groups that's there. So, you know, I had a heart to heart with my CEO. There were certain things that we wanted to get done, accomplish. And we had a very open conversation. He said, hey, if you can get me here, I understand that what you're trying to do and I support what you're trying to do. And I would be as flexible as it needs to be as long as you're flexible. And that was something that we mutually agreed on. And the beauty of it was I was able to accomplish and finish what I'd started at the startup and get it done for my essentially boss and the owner of the company and the founder versus also dedicate those certain times to the to our business. So I was able to manage both at the same time. And in 2020, every six months, we will have this discussion that kept going on. And then in 2020, when COVID hit, we were like, I think this is a clean cut point. Him and I discussed. He said, yeah, it sounds like a good plan. I said, I need to double down on business. Anyways, I need to be in Tucson. Because last year when things were going south, Princey and I recognized we had the sensory acuity to see this is an unforeseen event in our lives. We need to be where our team is. We need to be right there with the properties. And then we went in and we ended up staying there for 11 months until things that everything had stabilized. And that's when we came back to the Bay Area. That's a great philosophy. Princey, I want to go back to something you said. You want to leave something for the next buyer. I've never heard that, but I think it's a great strategy What is it that you do? You don't want to fully renovate the property and make it pristine. You want to leave some low-hanging fruit for the next buyer? Easy low-hanging fruits so that they don't fail, right? They don't fail on all the hard work that we have put in. At the end of the day, all of us should not forget it's a community there. These are homes of the people, right? These are assets that we want them to see the light for the next 30, 40, 50 years. So yes, that's what I mean. So what we look at is We do try to address as many challenging stuff as we can because we know we have construction in-house, so we have that power to do it. So the low-hanging fruits are, it's already working, right? We have these unit four plants that we know that if three more of these are going to come, they, the next owners or the next buyers will be able to do a similar kind of renovations and also so that they can get the similar kind of rents. 
So we already prove our model. We make sure that we have accomplished those rent increases and everything else, and then we'll give it to you the next one. And if I just add on to stack on top of that, it's a financial decision at the end of the day as well. Yes, we want to make sure we're leaving something on the table for the next person to take it to the first. But also we look at it financially because what we, with our vertically integrated company being a construction in-house, we are able to do the maximum NOI pop in the first 18 to 24 months. And after that, yes, you can go in and get that last, whatever remaining percentages, but now you're looking at time as well. And time is money, right? Whereas the other person can pick it up and they can accelerate it for their investors. Whereas we have already accelerated in those 18 months for our investors and we are already achieved or gone above and beyond whatever returns we had forecasted. So there's both sides to it. We look at it from both perspectives. Yeah, I absolutely love that strategy. You've basically created the blueprint for the next buyer to be successful. Correct. That is fantastic. If you were to give advice to somebody earlier in their investing career, let's assume they've got 50, 100 units under their belt and they want to look at vertically integrating. How would you walk them through that process? I'll take a lead on this and I'll give my sense and I'm sure Princey has her perspective. So in my perspective, first, be sure you want to do this. It's a very consuming business. It's not for the lighthearted. It's like any operations. So be sure you're committed to it. You're not just interested. You're actually committed to that process and then dive in. And once you dive in, don't be afraid of the hard work. There's a lot of hard work. Initially, you will be just pushing this big boulder up the mound and you won't see any movement, but you keep pushing, keep pushing, pushing, and you'll have the breakthrough. And then it's all downhill from there after you reach that point. So be committed, be ready, make sure that you're able to handle multiple things that are thrown at your plate at the same time. And I'm sure Princey can add more. Yeah, there's no shortcut to hard work, basically. You have to be in the details. The money is made and lost in details. So the more you are in details, the better it is for you and your company and your teams. So at the end of the day, if you are vertically integrated, you are controlling your own destiny, right? So you're not dependent on this third party to do a certain thing so that it can give you the result that you're looking for. But that also comes with a lot of hard work, which I'm sure most of the listeners are already doing. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicate who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend Michael Blanc, who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now, and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe. J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. Here's a problem you're probably not solving for right now. Have you ever had a tenant squat inside your rental and refuse to pay rent? Or are you worried about renting to a serial rent dodger? You've probably used a credit report for tenant screening before, 
But what if I told you you're missing out on info you need to properly verify prospective tenants? That's a problem, and the solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a summary of a prospective tenant's financial information using bank-verified transactional data you can't get from a credit check. This includes monthly income, payroll, past rent payments, and identity verification. Rentify's reports also highlight non-sufficient funds, overdraft history, and missed rent payments. It's all available at www.trustrentify.com. The best part is Rentify's financial reports instantly verify the full financial picture of a tenant within minutes, so you will no longer have to waste hours or even days verifying their information manually. And you can eliminate the risk of being duped by fraudulent documents and losing thousands of dollars getting unreliable tenants evicted. Visit TrustRentify.com and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first report package. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y.com. Put in the promo code FAIRLESS, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first report package. So you're competing against people that have had construction companies for years. How do you go from efficiently running a team of carpenters and tradespeople so yeah. challenging <laughs> to say the least, right? Anytime there's active management, it's all challenging. And to add a little bit of color, which I didn't add earlier in the introduction was I've been in manufacturing background ever since I graduated. So it's been more than 20 years. So I've been running teams, whether it was automotive, whether it was medical devices, or whether it was doing supply chain strategy companies for the Fortune 500 companies when I was working for the management consulting firms. So for us, we have breathed this, lived this. And growing up, my father, once he retired from the army, he had set up a manufacturing unit back in India. So those were my formative years. I'd gone through my 10th and I was in high school. So essentially, I had seen that stuff. I was not involved. It was not that I was going there or something, but I'd saw it from the sidelines. So all these things go into your brain and the brain is amazing. It stores all this stuff. So when you're going and doing, you're starting with your life, all these little things come back to you. They're in the back of your brain. So for us, I never looked at construction or, or vertically integrated company being any different than manufacturing. I've been doing it for 20 years and we just go in and we added processes. Actually, I'm implementing a lot of Lean Six Sigma principles that we have done in the manufacturing industry. Now we are putting those into construction because as you might know, since 1945, manufacturing productivity has increased eight times versus construction has actually gone down 1% in the last decade since 2000. And a lot of it is, if you look, study deep enough, in 2018, Princey and I really went down, doubled down. And for two months, we isolated ourselves. And all we did was deep dive into data, what's happening in the market, what's happening in construction. And what we found is it's World Economic Forum has a special panel dedicated to this. Boston Consulting, there's a lot of senior management consulting firms. They're actually doing strategy and work and in-depth data research into the construction management, because this is a 21st century challenge. It is how do we build it in a cheaper method and faster? And that is makes sense and it's eco-friendly. So we dived into this and we found out that we are on a good path, A, <laughs> so we want to continue on. And B, the way to do it is just do it like we're doing in manufacturing. We source our materials directly from overseas, whether it was Far East, whether it was India, and whether it was US. We buy containers of materials. We have our own warehouse. We stock them. We have a defined renovation process. It's a standardized process. It doesn't matter whether I'm going to one property or the second or the third. There are 13 steps in our process, and that's exactly what we'll go through. So we have broken it down. Again, it goes back to the details that we were talking about. And for us, I believe it gives us a much better edge than a third-party firm, which would be outsourcing a lot of these where they don't have control over their resources. 
And with the labor market being so tight and construction personnel being difficult to find, how do you retain your construction staff? Again, our corporate world, we give really good benefits. We treat our employees really well. We have a strong belief in saying that once our construction guys, the lowest guy on the chain, right, totem pole, if they are successful, we are going to be successful. It doesn't go the other way around. So if you're truly invested in the interest and vested in the best interest of your people, I think they choose to stay. And that's what we saw even in 2020. Back to the Phoenix deal, what cap rate did you purchase that at? It was at 3.78. And at that time, it was like, wow, it's low. And right now, I think there's a deal in a contract for under two cap. And honestly, cap rates are very funny. I, I don't think we should take them for value add assets. Cap rate is something for a stabilized asset once it has reached stability. If we know what we are doing, where are we going to take it? And we have done it. We have a playbook that just works and we have proven model. Then it doesn't matter. You can buy it at a negative cap rate. Who cares? It depends where you're going to take it. Yeah. And Princey, what are the returns for your investors going to look like? Oh, it's already looking really, really good. So what happened with this deal is when we went in the first month, we were able to achieve our underwritten rents without the renovations. We were able to achieve the renovated units underwritten rents. So yeah, based so on... If I'm a job, I think what Ash is probably trying to do is we always underwrite, we have our strict investing oh, yeah. criteria. So we are looking for deals very specifically that can essentially, it's a 2x multiplier of your equity over a five-year period underwritten, three is a little bit less. And then our IRRs are between 17 and above, right? 17, 18, 19%. So essentially we get about 20% annualized return. So when we're evaluating our deals, we have stuck to this formula. It was very difficult in second half, later half of 2022 to see this. And we were like, okay, we are going to stick to it. And there's a lot to be said about sticking to your principles and sticking to your metrics. It takes a lot of discipline, but we definitely stick to them. Yeah. I want to back up. You purchased this property and without making renovations, you were able to raise rents to what the after renovation prices would have been. Underwritten. Underwritten. We don't get overzealous in our future rent growth. I want to make sure that today, if we go in, we are able to achieve that. I'm sorry, I'm speaking on Princess Baker because this is essentially my cap. So I just want to make sure I'm addressing it from the person who's responsible. So we had already been a little conservative in our rent growth numbers that we had projected because we solely believe in the profits are made the day you buy the property, not the day you sell it. And so if we are able to achieve those numbers, it's a home run day one. And as early on as we are in our process, we are shy of 1,000 units. We want to make sure every single project is a home run. And the way to do it is be conservative, as conservative as you can be, buy the property you know the day when you take over. You're going to get yeah. the rents that the for unrenovated unit, which are underwritten for renovated ones. Yeah, and, and very important to put the right team and, and the right processes in place. When we hire someone, we don't say, oh, you're going to work for a property management company, or we say we are a real estate investment company firm that you're working for. So we tell them on a monthly basis, what the strategy is for this asset? What is it that we are doing today and where we want to be three months from now? So everybody's on the same place from an organization perspective. And that also helps, right? And we just don't go in and raise the rents, right? It's not that easy. If we just did that, then I'm sure there'll be a lot of pushback or there'll be a lot of vacancy, right? As soon as we took over, we scrubbed the entire property down right away. Day one, we get going. We already have vendor relations that we are talking to. That's the beauty of being vertically integrated as well. We have teams that we can start mobilizing before the point. So we have the teams prepped up and ready for the takeover day. The property had so much deferred maintenance. We hired extra resources. We went in, we took care of the work orders. 
So for the first month, obviously we cleaned up the pools were green or partially green. The laundry rooms were dirty. There was a lot of dog feces around the property. It was like, it looked like it hadn't been picked up in a long time. So we did all that. So the people see what we are delivering. We were making sure our maintenance is going in. We're taking care of work orders. There was tons of deferred maintenance. And obviously after that, the renewals and the new leases, we market right, right? Princey has figured out this formula when a lot of people don't market their product right. If you're not marketing right, so you might not be able to optimize the revenue that you can get for a unit. We see this quite a bit across the products yeah. that we buy. What's and an example of properly marketing? For example, we have internet ready units, which are day one, they're internet ready. For one month, it's going to be free. You market that corner unit, right? It is a corner unit. It has LVP floor. It's allergens free. There's subtle nuances that you mentioned. It has this new fridge, whatever the characteristics of the unit are. It is a back unit. It's away from traffic. So there's so many little things that go into marketing a unit. No unit should be marketed as a bulk, right? Every unit should be marketed by its individual entity because they are essentially different. One is different than the other. Vikram and Princey, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Through LinkedIn, through vahecapital.com, or you can call Vikram's cell phone. Yeah, no you problem. can call me at 313-330-9028. Well, Vikram and Princey, thank you again for sharing your story with us, your incredible rise, and your story with the Phoenix property, doubling your assets under management. Thank you for all of the great advice you shared with us today. Thank you for thank having you us. Thank you so much. Yep. Yeah, take care. Best ever listeners, thank you for joining us and have a best ever day.